You're listening to episode number 16 of the Nurture Me podcast. This next guest is incredible, and I was very excited uh, that she agreed to this interview. Uh, I first learned about Jessica uh, probably about a month ago on an online telesummit uh, with the ACE class, and where she told her story, and I was inspired and just really had this... I guess, warm feeling in my heart that I had to reach out and I wanted to bring her on my show as a guest to talk about her experience and to talk about joy. So joy is something that I've mentioned in the past that I believe it's something that you choose as someone who's gone through a pretty deep depression and was suicidal at one point, reminding myself that I can choose joy and bring joy into my life on a daily basis. And it's not something that necessarily comes from the outside external resources. It's it's something that I choose within. So Jessica Jansen is a fellow Calgarian. Uh, she loves a good pair of heels and heading out to explore new restaurants or traveling to new cities. She ditched her corporate gig and the nine to five to live her most authentic, bold and joyful life. And she believes that her story has the purpose and has committed her life to sharing her testimony to encourage others to get unstuck and really start living. So it took her losing her son that she's going to talk about on the podcast today. And she started a foundation in honor of her son, the Love for Lewiston Foundation, uh, which raises money to help find a cure and get newborn screening into place for spinal muscular atrophy. So no other family has to endure what they did with the loss of their son. The foundation has a clothing line that is adorable. And so I encourage you to go check out that foundation and support her. So I just want to welcome Jessica to the podcast. You're listening to the Nurture Me podcast, the only podcast that teaches you how to transform your physical and mental well-being so that you can feel your very best. We firmly believe that life is more than another diet. It's time to hear from the experts and support the self-love revolution. Here's your host, educator, nutrition and mindset coach, Jenna Lesnar. So can you tell listeners a bit about your story and what led you to choosing joy? Mm-hmm. So thanks, you guys, for tuning in. This is such an honor to be here and always to be able to share our story. I mean, I can give you – I always give this, like, brief overview because um, it's, like, always dependent on where you want to go back to. But born and raised in on a farm in um, Manitoba, just outside of Winnipeg. And then I moved here to Calgary in 2006. I met my husband at work. We hated each other. And what turned into this like tumultual work relationship ended up being a friendship. And then we ended up eventually getting married and now have three kids. And so in 2014, we were going through a really rocky time in our marriage. And uh, lo and behold, I found that I was pregnant with our first child. Um, and she came out in April 19th, 2015. Um, and we had a little girl named Swayze. Four months later, um, I got pregnant again. You know, I was told I'd have fertility issues. And the fact of the matter is, is I'm like fertile myrtle, um, which is such a blessing. But what we didn't know was that we carried a rare genetic um, 
disease, like gene for a disease called spinal muscular atrophy. And so our son, uh, Lewiston, was born basically a year later to the date of Swayze's uh, birthday, uh, the following May 2016. And he was totally healthy, healthy pregnancy, no issues, like literally delivered him, left the hospital same day. And at two and a half months, he was super colicky. Two months, he was really colicky. And so I was like desperate for a solution. So I went to go take him to a naturopath. <clears throat> and I took him to a naturopath and she took one look at him and she's like, you need to take him to Emerge. This was in Winnipeg where we were on vacation at the time. We take him to Emerge. We go into children's legit. Like I stopped in the way. I got a gluten-free sandwich. I got a cup of coffee. Like I was like, I'm going to be here all day. This is going to take forever because he looks fine. And literally I got ushered back right away and they literally ushered me into the resuscitation room and had in this team of like 12 doctors and nurses, <clears throat> you know, people are shutting out stats or, you know, paging for all these tests. And it was this whirlwind. My husband had left to go back to Calgary to work. I was going to stay for a week or two more just to have extra help with um, the two kids. Basically a year apart, it was nuts. Um, um, they didn't find anything in Winnipeg, ran all the tests. We came back to Calgary, long story short, met with our doctor, got a call from Children's. Uh, we decided to go in. They redid all the tests. And on August 5th, 2016, um, the pediatric neurologist there delivered the news to us that she thought our son had spinal muscular atrophy type 1. And ironically enough, in this, our whole story and journey is I've been working with a family since 2007 that has two kids with spinal muscular atrophy, rare disease. I can guarantee that pretty much 99% of the listeners on here have probably never have heard of this disease unless uh, they follow me on Instagram or on my social platforms. And so, you know, it's a very rare disease, yet one in 40 adults is a carrier of this. And so I'd been doing work with this family right before my son was born or just after he was born and finished fundraising almost $50,000 for a wheelchair accessible van for this family. So it was just really kind of crazy timing. All of a sudden we're like, oh, my own son would have it. And so we uh, go get them tested. They deliver the news. And in my head, because I knew these two kids, I was like, oh man, like this is fine. Like the kids are, are, are well, they're, you know, fully functioning in terms of like their mental capability. I'm like, they have physical limitations. We'd eventually have to get a wheelchair accessible van. I'm like, the good news is like, you get to skip the lines at Disney, you literally get to like cut to the front. And I'm like, and we get all the prime parking spots because we'll have a handicap sign. Like, boom. Mm -hmm. And she could tell that I was processing that way. And then the doctor's like, no, Jessica, like, this is not SMA. This is SMA type one. And that means death before the age of two. Um, and because Lewis and your son showed signs so early, we doubt he'll, that he'll make his first birthday. And when she delivers that news, she literally said to me, no, there's no hope. There's no cure. And there is no treatment. Mm -hmm. And she literally didn't say no hope. But I mean, that's essentially the news that she had to deliver. And so we crumbled. We got this news and it broke us. We're like, what in God's green earth? And I mean, the irony of helping this family out for the last 10 years and my own son getting the disease, like just all of it, so frustrated. And I felt like I'd done all this good and how was I being punished? And um, we felt darkness, a cloud, a heaviness. And then we just decided that day, right then and there, I was like, I need to get outside. I need to breathe. I needed to shift and change my perspective. And so we went outside and we went for a walk. And on that walk, and as you know, we got fresh air and just took a chance to breathe and kind of process this news. I was like, this will either break us apart or we can let this build us. 
and we chose right then and there that we would let it build us. We chose that we would let it glorify God. And most importantly, we chose that we would bring joy. And I don't know where those words sparked from, but they just sparked inside of my soul. I was nudged to really truly bring joy to our son's life. And I just pictured myself lying there in the hospital bed. Like, I mean, if you picture yourself dying, it's like, how do you picture it being? I say, like, I wouldn't want people coming into this darkly lit, smelly room, you know, being super depressed. I don't know if you've ever been into a hospital where mm-hmm. someone's dying and it's really emotional. It typically smells, you know, stale and gross and you just go through all those emotions. And so I was like, we're just going to bring the joy. I'm like, we're going to diffuse essential oil so it doesn't smell like a hospital in here. We're going to, you know, have dance parties. And so we literally just started this movement and momentum and we made our son's life count. And it was truly um, one of the most amazing experiences of my life that even in hardship and darkness and in uncertainty, we could choose joy and dance parties and spreading love. And I believe it's because we let people into our journey that it didn't feel so alone and so dark. I think a lot of times we're like ashamed or stuck in something and we don't want to let people in for fear of looking weak. And that turned out to be our biggest advantage was that we let people into our lives and because we let them in, they helped us carry the burden and helped us carry the load of grief and hardship and joy and all of that. And so unfortunately, our son, um, the doctors were very right at the time. There was no cure and no treatment. And so Lewis, then after you know, a really courageous, um, amazing fight. He passed in the hospice on November 22nd, 2016, just three days shy of his six-month birthday. And we just chose not to let that be the end of our story or his story. And since then, we've started the Love for Lewiston Foundation, a clothing line in his honor. And I've totally changed the, my life work where before, you know, I was selling software. And previous to that, I was the director of operations for a large restaurant company here in town. And I just chose like, this wasn't going to be the end. And it shifted my, my um, work, it shifted my perspective and it's changed our lives. And it's because I've responded with joy and because I've been following the nudges of my heart for a very long time and wanted to do this work, but I haven't had the courage or the guts um, or kind of honestly, the security and confidence to step out in it for fear of what people would think. And when you lose somebody that close, like you just are like, why do I care what people think? Life is short. And so in losing our son's life, we truly found ours and it's been an amazing shift. And we would give all the tea in China to have our son back. That's not possible. So rather than wishing on that and focusing on that, we focus on like, so now what? And we're working on this. So now what part? We're working on the miracles that we didn't get a miracle for our son's life, but we're seeing miracles uh, translate through that. And so, yeah, we're doing amazing work. I just finished writing a book called Bring the Joy that not only takes you through that journey, but the journey of a young career woman, the journey of being married and how hard that is, and the journey of like changing the trajectory of my life. And that comes out of May. And so I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Such a beautiful and touching story. Um, what would you say joy means to you? I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. Wow. For me, joy is like a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's a default setting. It's, oh, that's good. Yeah. Joy is like a default setting. It's how we want our lives to be emulated. It's what I want my legacy to be. And so joy is not staying in the darkness. Joy is not staying stuck. Joy is following the nudges of your heart and not only following them and listening to them, but responding to them and acting on them. 
And that's truly what joy means to me. Yeah. I like that following the nudges of your heart. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, so how does one bring their, bring the joy in their life? Well, perfect that you ask. <laughs> We're literally doing a bring the joy challenge right now on my Instagram feed. I don't know when this is going to air, but you can go back and look at the posts. They're like bring the joy day one, day two. But I literally made a list of all the things like people, it was interesting, you know, six months ago, most people were like, why would I buy your book if I already feel like I live a joyful life? And now everyone's like, holy crap, I need your book. Like I need mm -hmm. your book. Because we're all walking through a hard season. We're all walking through shifts. Unless you're the owner of Sherman Toilet Paper, then you're probably like laughing large and like kicking it in your like seventh vacation property. So the Sherman at sea, the CEO of Sherman at sea here, if you want to donate money to our foundation, because I'm sure you have buttloads of it, we'll take it. But um, how do you bring the joy? So I looked at the things in my life that I was like, because people you know, are starting to ask those questions, like when you're sad, when you're depressed, when you're dark, when it like, oh, people all the time say choose joy. And, and I totally get that. But I think it's like one step further where you actually have to bring joy. And so mm -hmm. that's where we made the, the step to do that. So bring the joy. So I have to credit my speaking coach, Eric. He was like, we were working through one of my keynote messages and talking about this, bring the joy. And I just do it naturally. It's like a natural thing ingrained in me. But for someone that's maybe not, their mindset isn't like that or their default set isn't joy, one of the things that I say is look for the joy starters. So a joy starter is something that would spark joy. A joy starter is something that like you can feel it in your soul. It just makes you feel good. So just before this call, which is why I'm not showered, but I was finishing my workout and my daughter was there and she wanted to jump around the room and be silly. And so that for me is a joy starter. I reference this mug all the time, but this mug by Leanne Dubray, um, she's a local potter here in Calgary. This mug is a joy starter for me. Like I have a cupboard full of mugs and I only ever want to drink either hot water and lemon or coffee out of this mug because it's a joy starter because it's like the way it feels and um, how coffee tastes in it and the senses that it gives me. So I'm like, look for the things that start joy in your heart. You know, freshly made bed sheets. We just did this challenge yesterday where I asked people to post five things and the responses were incredible. It was like, Seeing my kids laugh. I mean, my favorite was like an empty laundry hamper when you know all the laundry's done and put away. And I was like, thank you. Like, you didn't spend money to bring that joy. Like, that joy, you have a laundry hamper. You have the ability to wash your clothes. Like, how simple is that? That like an empty laundry hamper or like fresh, crisp, clean sheets? Oh, sweet. Jesus. Like, that's the best. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to look for those things. Um, today's challenge is, mo is movement and fuel, which I think is exactly in your alley, in your world, where you're like, nutrition is so key. If you're sitting at home right now in COVID, like me and my husband, we've laughed so many times, emotional eating. I wanted to just reach for a bag of potato chips. I'm like, oh, I just want salty and crunchy and whatever. And I'm like, thank God we don't buy those on the normal because I'd probably be in that bag. Oh, just a couple here. Oh, just a couple there. Oh, oh I'm, I'm frustrated and depressed because the weather's crappy again or whatever it is. So I talked about movement and fuel where it's like, move your body, change your mind. Rachel Hollis has coined that term. So I don't need to steal it, but it's like, it's so good. It's like, it does work. Like go do a workout and be challenged to be grumpy after that. Like just try it. And if you're still grumpy, Lord help you. Um, and then the fuel part is, is like, if you're only putting crap into your body, like crap in is like what you put in and what you consume is what will become out, which is like grumpiness, you know, lethargic, cranky. And so it's like reach for the kale, make the homemade soup, um, you know, grab the veggies rather than the potato chips. And so all of those things have made a huge difference. And then we're just talking about stuff like blessing it forward. 
how can you bless somebody? You know what? Someone sent me um, a Starbucks gift card, which was so sweet because they know I drink a lot of coffee. And they're like, hey, I know that you can't drink this today or tomorrow, probably even a month from now. But I know when you hit the ground running that you're going to need a coffee on the go. And it was like they sent it from their home. They stayed home. They stayed safe. But they were like thinking about me. And it's like, what's a way that you could bless it forward? It's like my hairdresser, legit when our son was diagnosed terminal, I didn't even go into grocery stores for fear of germs. And it's like we already had a pre-isolation experience. My hairdresser brought us groceries. She'd, every time she's going to the store, she lives close by at the time. She said, I'm grabbing groceries, send me a list. She'd go grab the groceries. She'd wipe them down. She'd put them away. And it just was like, that was a way that she could show up in that season for us. So get creative. Like maybe it's as simple as writing a card and sending something, you know, in the mail. Like what are those things that we can do to um, move it forward? And so there's all these small little practices that we can do and include in that. And I believe that once you start um, fostering that culture and you start to make those your default settings and you start to switch that mindset. Um, that's where the joy comes. And so if you're not naturally tuned to it, it's just like you just got to start training yourself to look for it. I don't know if you follow Dr. Caroline Leaf, but um, she's a neuroscientist, not paid by big pharma, like literally doing incredible work. And she talks about changing the mindset and the keys to doing that. And so thankfully, I've just done the work that it's now naturally my default setting, but I've been as dark as I've tried to commit suicide so it's not that I'm just naturally wired this way and I'm just peppy Jess and everything's so great. No, I've like rolled up my sleeves and I've done the damn work and I've known how dark it is that I wanted to end it all, that I, I choose um, and I make sure that my default setting is this because I don't want to go back to that, that darkness. Mm-hmm. What I think was so beautiful about what you said is that you can find joy in everyday things. And I think mm. a lot of people get stuck in this idea that joy is on that vacation. Joy is mm. buy that new car or that other big ticket item. And it can be as simple as clean sheets. Like I love some clean sheets. <laughs> it's, isn't that your right? best sleep of the week? You know, yeah. you're like there's nothing like getting in. You're like, dang, my favorite is when my mom as you're visiting and she ironed them and the sheets are so oh. crispy. It's like, it's like butter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's like the, the, the it's like, it's right there and it didn't yeah. cost you anything. Yeah. That's, it's amazing. And I know I've been trying to do that more in my life. I read um, Mary Kondo's book about mm-hmm. sparking joy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I went through this like major like closet overhaul and everything. Amen, sister. Yeah. in January. And then I was like, why do I need to stop with just like things in my house? But like, how do I bring joy in like workouts? Like what workouts bring me joy? Well, that doesn't bring me joy. Like, let's throw that out and let's do this other mm-hmm. thing that does. Like, why are we doing it if it's not something? And it's so yeah. much easier to like do the workout when you're like, oh, I love doing this. And it's yeah. super fun. Yeah. Totally. Um, and even with food, I talk about with clients all the time too, is like, well, how do you feel when you eat those potato chips? Do you eat do you feel wonderful and joyful in your body or do you feel like crap and like you need a nap? Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people equate joy to food all that often. So I love that you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, totally. I mean, what goes in comes out and I've heard that what you read, what you consume and what you eat, like mm-hmm. literally it's like put good things in because then good things come out, put yeah. crap in crap comes out. Yeah. Even following people on social media, right. I've gone oh. through and, and, you know, removed accounts. I'm like, well, I don't feel good when I see their posts. So let's just take them out of the equation right now and follow people that, you know, uh, inspire and ignite that joy 
in myself, mm-hmm. like, like your account. I'll, I'll put mm-hmm. a link to your Instagram for people. Thanks girl. That yeah. would mean a lot. Um, so how does continuing to choose joy shift the trajectory of your life? You're asking me questions no one asks. Wow. <laughs> I'm usually not stumped for words. I'm like, and yeah. bam, and bam. <laughs> so here's the thing. I literally wanted to be the CEO of a company, and I talk about this in my book. I, I wanted to be the CEO and have this big team. And, you know, my husband's like, you're going to be the CEO of WestJet. Like, you can be that successful. And ironically enough, I interviewed for WestJet uh, or, like, applied three times. I've never gotten a call from them so obviously it wasn't meant to be but I think for me like when I leaned in and I this is like what my whole book is about it's like how following the nudges of your heart leads to an abundant life and like the nudges of your heart the last line in my book I believe is so powerful and it's exactly that thing and like responding to the nudges the things that like stir you and move you you know, I, I believe in God. That's my own personal thing. I call myself Christian. It's about a faith, super simple. I mean, you do you wherever you want to believe. I'm respecting of everybody. For me, I believe like those nudges are like God pushing me and, and pushing me and pulling me and guiding me towards things. You know, sometimes it could be your like dead grandma or maybe your mom's past or you believe in Buddha or the universe or whatever it is. I believe that those nudges are there and I believe that when you respond to the nudges, that's what changes your life. And now I think one of my biggest values that I value is freedom. So freedom to create my own schedule, freedom to be able to spend time with my family, freedom to not have to be like, can I please have one week vacation? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all of these little things. And so because I value that, I wanted to be able to craft that lifestyle. And because I followed the nudges of my heart, because I responded, we felt nudged to start a foundation. So we started this foundation. It's now blown up. We're on track to raise um, cumulative a million dollars in 2020, which is insane. You know, I felt start, a called to start this clothing line and share the life lessons that Lewis and taught us. And so we, we started this and clothing's being shipped around the world. You know, I felt called to write this book and that nudge to write this book. And so every time I respond to that, to the nudges, it's changed the direction that I haven't had to go back to a corporate nine to five. And for me, I don't think that's for everybody. Some people love the nine to five and the buzz and the big team. I'm solo, you know, I'm pretty much working on stuff on my own. I just was able to get, bring a virtual assistant onto my team this year for very limited hours and God bless as she probably does triple what I ask her to do. Um, and so I think by following the nudges and responding to those, I'm getting to work in my sweet spot. And that is the biggest blessing because I'm working like with purpose for purpose on purpose. And that is such a blessing. And I believe purpose can be found anywhere. And I believe it can be in the corporate nine to five, but I also believe now it can be on its own journey. So uh, my goal is one day to have a massive team of people and to be a CEO, but doing work that brings joy, um, speaking on stages around the world and developing curriculum that people can lean into and press. And I have the idea for my next book and I want to start writing that. And I believe that in sharing my story that can help other people. And so that's where I'd say my life has totally changed that I'm not just stuck doing stuff, but I've allowed the nudges and that's where the joy comes. Yeah. I love that you call it um, them nudges. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I've been playing with this idea of like intuition and like, you know, I talk about Mm -hmm. gut feelings and stuff. Right. But Mm -hmm. I love the nudges of your heart. Like that phrase Mm -hmm. is just like, Oh, like that just feels so good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds like, 
you are very connected and in tune with that inner guidance and, and mm-hmm. that's what's led you here no it's massive like it's yeah. like well, why is that there you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, has your true gut. I talk about this story about how my friends questioned one of my decisions when I was dating a guy, not my husband. He was from Costa Rica, whitewater rafting guy. And they're like, Jessica, they're like, are you a total piece? Like they called me on my BS mm. and my heart was nudged. Like, no, you're not totally at peace. Like there's a tugging. And did I listen to it? No. I didn't. And thankfully down the road further on, I ended up listening to it and ended that relationship. But I have a friend that didn't listen to the nudge that like, you know, the guy that she married wasn't the right guy and she probably shouldn't have walked down the aisle and she walked down the aisle and, and now like is reeling from, you know, a mess and it's really hard. And we've talked about like following those nudges, like, or that gut feeling, that intuition, that voice that speaks to you. And that's where I believe like when you're nudged to do something, do it. Like literally I get nudged all the time. It's like send a care package to this person, da, 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 da. And I know every time that I do that massive blessings come out of it and I don't do it because I get blessed. I do it because I want to respond because I know in respond to the nudge, that's where the joy comes. Mm -hmm. I just like, this is not where I was like meaning to go with this, but but I love that that we're here is Mm -hmm. learning to trust those nudges and actually listen Mm -hmm. to them. Tell me about that. And like what your experience has been? I think I've just seen it time and time again. My book originally was about my love story with my husband. Like I was nudged to pursue him. And so much so that I literally confessed my undying love to him three times. Three times. It was like, I'm, I'm in love with you. Like, I love you. And he's like, okay, like, that's nice. We'll be friends. And then the second time I was like, I'm in love with you. Like, I want to be with you for forever. Like, I love you. And he was like, okay, like, dude, we're just friends. And like, to be honest, like, I don't even really like myself right now. So how could I like somebody else or even love you? And then the third time I was like, tell me that you love me. Like, kiss me. Like, just went full out. And he's like, dude, he's like, I don't feel the same way. Like, stop it. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept feeling those nudges. And so I kept showing up and responding to them. And I think so often we're just like, oh, well, it didn't work. I tried. And so it didn't work. I was like, well, you don't take no for an answer. Like think about those moments of breakthrough. Think about those moments of victory. Think about those moments of your mountaintop experiences. It's because like you kept pushing. It's like you're hiking up a mountain and it's like, oh, my legs are tired. Oh, I want to stop. But you're like, oh, but I really want to get to the top. And so you're, you're nudged to keep taking steps, even though it sucks or even though. And I'm like, if you just like, we're like, oh, it got hard. Like it got hard. I'm just going to turn around. I'm like, well, you're missing on the best part. And I know every time that you like, you get to the, literally on a hike or in life, you get to that mountaintop experience. You're like, oh my gosh, that was so worth it. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that we did it the hard way. And that is where I believe that trusting in those blessings come from is, is like staying the course. And it doesn't always happen on the first time, but that's where like, you've got to get really good at listening to that. And I believe, you know, I'm teaching my daughter right now. She's almost five. And I don't know where kids learn to lie or not tell the truth. Because um, I think my, my nickname, my husband calls me as Honest John. He's like, sometimes, sweetheart, you're too honest. Like, you just need to shut your yapper. And, you know, my daughter, um, she took a knife and we have a quartz countertop and she took the tip of the knife and like grew a picture essentially into it. And I was like, hey, like when you did that, what did your tummy tell you? Like, what did you listen to? Like, did it feel good when you did that? Because you have this look on your face like you knew you shouldn't do it. 
And so she's like discovering. And I believe that that's like listening to your intuition. So it starts super young. Like, you know, when you're doing something bad, you're like, holy crap, I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. And so I want to teach her to trust the nudges to A, respond, or to B, it's like, while I'm doing this, this feels really terrible. This feels off and I shouldn't be doing it. And then, you know, choosing not to do that. So it's such an interesting lesson, especially now you see it. I mean, teaching my daughter this stuff is such a privilege and such an honor and such a beautiful lesson. And it starts from a young age. And so I would just encourage people, if you haven't been listening to your gut, to those nudges, A, buy my book and you can read about all the crazy, stupid things that I've done. That's a shameless plug. And then also it's like, see what happens when you've like given it two or three months of just following through on every nudge, legit smiling at the person in the grocery store, holding open the door, buying someone's coffee in the Starbucks lineup. I just like, I challenge you, like follow the dang nudges and see the ripple effect of what's going to happen. Because I guarantee you, you'll be sending me a message being like, holy shit. I had, pardon me for swearing, but holy crap. I had no idea my life could be this good. Mm, that's beautiful. I think you're speaking my language about the hiking. Every time I go, like I right? love hiking. Every time I go on, I'm like going up the mountain. I'm like, why do I do this? Like, this is so, right. why am I doing that? Then I get to the mm-hmm. top. I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. Let's do another one. <laughs> and, right. And like, that's what leaves you wanting more. That's yeah. what leaves you following through that when it gets tough, you're like, oh, but the last time we did this at view was epic and da da da. So it's like, I just want to see people thrive in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful. Um, my next question was about your book. I know you've mentioned it a few times. Yeah. Where, where can we get it? Is there anything else that you want to talk about it? <laughs> well, of course I do, because <laughs> this is the most expensive project of my life. I was like, hey, honey, remember that time when I'm going to use all of our money and max out our credit cards to make this project happen? So I chose to do it. Um, I could have done, there's a ton of ways that you can publish a book. Anyone can publish a book. I'm self-publishing it. No publisher paid me some big advance. So we're just slinging it. And I'm so thankful. So depending on when this airs, we still have a pre-sale campaign. And you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram, the Jessica Jansen. Uh, on my Instagram and there's a link in there on my website. There's a big button, just jessicajansen.ca and there's a big button that says buy the book and you can buy an ebook. If, if times are tight, you can buy an ebook for five bucks Um, you can buy the audio for 15 or there's some good deals happening on there and those copies will go out in May. And then once we uh, close out the presale campaign, which is um, the printer needs numbers, I think it's next week that I have to give final numbers to the printer but the printer will uh, give us numbers next week. And um, then it'll just be on our regular website, um, the lewistonlabel.ca. And that's where we have our online store with our clothing and like some really cool stuff. And we local manufacture that here in Calgary, which is super rad. Awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to get my hands on your book. Thanks girl. Yeah. And where else can we find more Jessica? Where, where do you most hang out online? Uh, I mean, I love that question. I've chosen my sole platform and maybe when I have a larger team, I wish I could do more, but for now this is, I'm at max capacity. So I just stand here. It's Instagram. Um, again, my handle is the Jessica Jansen. I do a little bit on my website. It's one of the things that I'm hoping to get to is posting more articles. And then I would sign up for my newsletter. So the newsletter that I send out, you know, it's kind of every two weeks right now. It's nothing regular. The goal is to get it, you know, weekly, but just, things, tips, tricks, tools that help me. And then the work that we're doing, the money that we're raising, all that good stuff. So that's where you can find me. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, girl. Yeah. Um, I look forward to you. I feel like you're going to start following some big nudges and like make some waves. And I just encourage anyone that is listening to this, like you probably had an idea on your heart for a really long time. And there's some stupid voice of doubt and fear that has made you not take the leap. And you just got to kick that mm-hmm. to the curb. Stop caring what everyone else says and just go do the thing. And be okay with falling and it not looking exactly as you pictured to be. My book has been a six-year process, and it's not at all how I thought it would be. But it's so beautiful. I'm four weeks out from the finish line of you know actually having you know a copy in my hand. And I thought it would have been launched a long time ago, but I'm trusting like this timing is perfect for this book. And so I just want to encourage anyone: follow the nudges, do the work, and stay the course even when it gets tough. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's perfect timing for your book to come out um, mm-hmm. happening in the world right now. I think that Amen. maybe a lot of people weren't realizing that they needed to bring more joy in their life. And now's the totally. time, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, yeah. I'll let you go. Thank you so much for, for chatting. It's been a pleasure getting to know you more. And Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, girl. Yeah. We'll see you online. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks. Bye.